so welcome to or back to Books, Booze, and Banter. I'm Shalina. And I'm Chelsea. Hey, y'all, what's up? How y'all doing? <laughs> Why do we always have to revert to a country accent? Uh, it's just the funniest one, I think. It's just the Arkansas in us. Yeah. Yeah. What's good in the neighborhood? What's new? Um, You know, not a whole lot, really. I'm going back to my technical hometown in a couple weeks. Boston. Going to Boston. Get your khakis. Going to Boston. Visit family. Be exciting. I haven't been there. Have a tea party? 19 years. (laughs) (laughs) No tea parties. No tea parties. No tea parties to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm excited. That'll be really fun. It'll be my first solo plane trip. Or, well, are you going to get lost? I was going to say, but probably not. It's a Little Rock Airport. You ain't going to get lost. Yeah, no. I'm just like. Couldn't get lost if you wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm going to get some packing cubes. I got, no, and word to the wise, if any of y'all are traveling, I got these little things from Amazon whenever we were getting ready for Italy. And it's like a little, kind of like a vacuum sealed bag, kind of like a space saver. But you don't have to have the vacuum. It's literally like you put your clothes in. And then you sit on it, like, or you put your knees on it to, like, let the air out, and then you roll it, and it gradually pushes the air out, and I don't know how it sticks to where it goes, like, it stays closed, and, like, no air reabsorbs, but, or it's like a Ziploc at the end, and so you roll it all out, and then you zip, like, a you attach the little Ziploc thing, and then you flatten it out, and it is so flat. I packed so many clothes for Italy. Um, didn't need all of them, but the niftiest invention um, I've ever used for sure. You're going to have to send me that link later. I will. Because yeah. I am a chronic overpacker. True. <laughs> well, and it's just a matter of like, you never know what you're going to experience. Like, I know it's July, but what if it snows? What if <laughs> I decide to go skiing? What if I'm going waterboarding? Like, what if there's a monsoon? I'll need my rain jacket and my rain boots. What if we go swimming? I need three swimsuits just in case, you know, I might be bloated. So I might need this swimsuit instead. So there's just a multitude of possibilities that result in me overpacking. Um, You also have to have 20 pair of underwear minimum. Truly. (laughs) Even though I, you know, even, I mean, I I do change my underwear frequently. But, you know, um, I don't need all of the pairs of underwears I'm bringing. But again, it, it depends on the outfit because I'm like, oh, well, I might need a thong. I might need these yoga panties. Um, I might need, you know, my granny panties in case I randomly get a period, even though I haven't had one in like four years. Yeah. Because I have an IUD, just so you all know. Yeah, she's been pregnant for four years, so what do I do? Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) To you and me. (laughs) Did you do anything fun for 4th of July? No, I worked. And I watched Captain America before I went to work. That's about all the effort I put into the 4th of July, honestly. America. Uh, especially last year and this year, some real disappointing shit's been happening around Fourth of July. So, <laughs> haven't quite been the most festive. You the, know? Not the most patriotic. Yeah, you know, reproductive rights were taken away last year. This year, the student loans and the it's okay to discriminate against gay people. You know, it's just some real bullshit things Americans do. Very so, American stuff. Yeah. I uh, don't really want to go to her birthday party, but shout out to holiday pay. Truly. <laughs> I got it for two days Ay- my this week. So, <laughs> thanks, America, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, thanks to your job for that. Yeah. Not, I, would, I would say not all American companies are as generous, yeah, but, know, for sure. 
Yeah, and I was listening to something the other day, and they were talking about how America is like the equivalent of Regina George. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has been personally victimized by her. Yeah. But everybody is also obsessed with her. And so if you think about, like, other countries, you know, they, they know all of our business. You know, that's that's- Perfect. Perfect analogy. Truly. And I'm like, they know all of our business. They know our presidents, our political stuff. And so they're so obsessed with us, yet they hate us. Everybody secretly hates us, but they're also obsessed with us. Very love-hate. Yeah. Very Very Regina George. And so. You love a good villain, but you also hate that bitch. Yeah. And and everybody wants to be her. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. You listen to our music. Yeah. Taylor Swift. I know she's coming to see y'all. I'm trying to convince Dan that I need to go see her and Paramore, not just Taylor Swift, but Paramore. 14 year old me is like raving, wanting the orange and yellow hair that she had. Oh, yeah. And I want to go see her in like Madrid or London or something. And Dan is just not going for it. But, That'd be really cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Because, I mean, honestly, it would kill two birds with one stone because yeah. I've always wanted to see London, never been. And so if I could, or Madrid, and I'm like, if I could see her, Paramore, and have a little vacay, you know, but Dean says no for now. You know, I heard her show's like three hours, and I just- I heard she plays the whole entire fucking time, though. Which is very impressive. I respect the hustle. I would not be able to sit through three hours of Taylor Swift's music. (sighs) Maybe not. I don't know. It just depends. But Paramore, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not like, I mean, I'm a Taylor Swift fan, maybe not as big as a lot of other people, yeah. but I think it's just more so the nostalgia of it and how like I liked Taylor Swift growing up, but I also liked Paramore and the fact that they're going to be together. And apparently she just released a song with Haley Williams. And cool. so now I'm like, wait, I need to go see them play together. I've just never liked your music. And I feel like when I was younger and dumber and more judgmental i was just like she's just annoying she's overrated she's stupid but now i'm older i can respect the hustle i can respect her talent just her music is still and the fact that she's been doing it since she was like 16 and is 32 now and still grinding i'm like damn bitch yeah (laughs) you got kevin gates got six jobs you don't get tired i know i know i can definitely respect it i feel like she's obviously grown up too but just you know She's, she's, she's cool. Yeah. She got some cool stuff going on. Yeah. Good for her. But anyway, what'd you make for us today? I made a Missouri rattlesnake. Yeehaw. Scott. How do you say Missouri? Do you say it Missouri or Missouri? I say Missouri. That's. I'm not from Missouri. <laughs> I'm like, that, not a fucking A. I think everybody in Arkansas <laughs> says Missouri, but I've also heard some like people they're not from Arkansas or the South, call it Missouri. And I'm like, is there an uh or an A or a UH at the end? No, it's an uh. I think like country people from there say it that way. Missouri. Missourians? Tell us how it's pronounced. I saw like there's one part where someone like from there said it or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or he said it that way or something. Oh, I can't remember that. Shows you how long I haven't read the book, but I did a very, very inaccurate reread. <laughs> I did the Google the summary version because there were some things I remembered, but a lot of things I forgot. It's been like two years since I read this book. We're doing a Missouri drink because the setting is in Missouri. Indeed. So, um, what'd you put in it? So mine has um four roses bourbon in it. 
and yours has Tito's because we finally came to, uh, well, I really just remembered (laughs) (laughs) that Josie may allegedly (laughs) is allergic to bourbon. I don't know. Something in bourbon does not agree well. It does not agree with my sensitive skin. And we need to stop doing that. Um, we can do bourbon drinks. I'm just going to have to sub it for like Tito's or tequila or yes, something. Because I don't need to make her suffer continually. <laughs> but it, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> feel bad. Like I don't like I, ne- I don't necessarily feel any type of way whenever I drink it. It's just more so my skin. It's mainly up like the right side of my face. Yeah. just kind of breaks out and hives along my neck and along my cheek. Yeah. Cheek. But. Yeah. We don't need that kind of energy. So, uh, but yeah, it's got either bourbon or vodka, Um, some peach, because it calls for Southern Comfort peach liqueur. I don't like Southern Comfort. I think it's a shitty, too sweet whiskey. Mm -hmm. Sorry for any Southern Comfort fans out there, so I wasn't going to do it. But I do have some peach syrup that I got. Same thing. uh, (laughs) So that I could keep making those bourbon peach smashes without having to smash peaches every time. Those were fucking good. (laughs) Especially now that peaches are in season, I need to make that again. Yeah. Without the so, bourbon. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, so that, uh, some grenadine, some triple sec, and some orange juice. Yum. So it's kind of like mimosa-y, kind of tequila sunrise. It looks really vibe. pretty. Like it the peach color is just my favorite. Like I love yeah. the color of peach. Um, I like it in like a blush, like a peach blush. I was about to say, this would make a really pretty <laughs> Really pretty. <laughs> like this would look good on my skin. Hold on. <laughs> Can we get this in a lip color, please? Yeah, for real. Mac, we're talking to you. This color would be great. You guys yeah. will see it if you go to our Instagram in the picture. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, do a little taste test. Get a little ASMR with the ice. Y'all like that? Ooh, that's good. It is good. I think next time I make it, I will make it without the grenadine because I'm realizing the grenadine tastes very um, cough syrupy to me, and it's throwing me off. Tastes good. Yeah, it's like but a nice. It, I'm wondering if it's mixing with the bourbon. Maybe. In a weird way. I don't know. But this is freaking delicious. I feel like it's would be good as like a snow cone flavor. Ooh, it would. I've just been really craving snow cones lately. It would. I feel like this is another good summer drink. Mm-hmm. This would be a good brunch drink. If you Definitely. Don't want like a, you know, tequila sunrise or uh mimosa or any of the classic uh drinks. bloody mary hello i can't i can't with the tomato juice. are you kidding I me i cannot i absolutely 1000 percent cannot wow vibe. wow uh the best bloody marys i've had are definitely at uh or which they don't have them this year but last summer or um country club has their or they did have their own like infused vodka so mm-hmm. they would take tito like a big thing of tito's and they'd put like pickles lemons limes olives um i don't remember what else but basically turn it into like a you know infused vodka mm-hmm. and then they'd put that with like the zing zang mix and then they, of course, you know, put an olive and bacon or something like yeah. that in there. And it just was top tier, another level. And I ask them every single time I go up there if they have it, and they do not. Aww. So I think they're not going to do it this year, which really hurts my heart. But 
Now, I always said, and I said last year that I was going to do it too. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to do this myself at home <laughs> and do my own kind of like flavored vodka with, you know, pickles and jalapenos and shit. And I didn't. So, whatever. Yeah. One of my BFFs, Alyssa, is she's a Bloody Mary girl. Like, that's my kind of girl. Like, her choice. Um, she's from Wisconsin. With too, like a good, do, like the whole meal in a Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. Snack. Because you get like a snack while you're yeah. sitting there waiting on your food. You don't even have to get an appetizer. And so that's what I like about them. You have like a little Cajun rim. Yeah. Or some tahini, maybe, if you want to. But especially have like a toothpick with some um, pickled okra, olives, bacon, pickles. I've seen some at Fucking Red Door delicious. that are pretty impressive. And Red Door I've never also been, has really good brunch. I've never been to Red Door. You should check it out and get one of their giant ass blueberries. Maybe I will. <laughs> I never come to Little Rock unless it's really to record or. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you rate the drink? Oh, definitely a 10 out of 10. I'm going to say 9 out of 10, only because I don't think the grenadine and the bourbon that I chose are mixing well. Yeah. And it's just, like, a it's, little off. It's a little sweet. I think, like, it's a one-drink one kind of drink. Yeah. Definitely not something I can drink more than one of. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, at this point in time, I think it's a 10. But maybe if I was drinking it in the afternoon, I would rate it a 9. Yeah. Depending on the time of day. Speaking of drinks that we have made that are nice little summertime drinks, my last day at the pool pre Fourth uh, of July, mm-hmm. I made cherry limeades. Ooh. Made two different ones in my little twenty ounce Stanley. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten mm-hmm. would recommend. What'd you put in there? Uh, just the cherry juice mm-hmm. and the some lime vodka. Oh, like what we did in the last yeah. one? Oh, okay, yeah. I did. I forgot about that. Look, <laughs> forgotten. We've done a lot of drinks. We have done a lot of drinks. And I feel like the last six have been like good stuff. They really have. (laughs) Well, in every single one, I'm like, oh, I'm going to remake this and I never do. Like I was just thinking the one that we did, what was it, the housemaid or something? Yeah. Where? the papaya one. Yes. Oh, my God. I need to do that one. I definitely did that a couple weeks ago. Fucking delicious. (laughs) I was watching Bridesmaid this morning. I know we've already said it, but every (laughs) single time I taste something and it's like fresh and summery, I'm like, oh, this is fresh. It's so perfect. But it's pertinent for every drink that we've done. And yeah. then accordingly, I was watching it this morning. I do that. And then I always go, you too. Oh, you too. <laughs> I just I did that to Louie like Ashley did it this morning. Louie's laying my lap and I'm like, oh, you little poo. Help me, I'm poor. It's my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. 10 out of 10 on the drink. And like we said, it was a Missouri rattlesnake. I wonder why it's called rattlesnake. I don't even know. I just Googled Missouri drinks. Missourians. If you know why it's called a Missouri rattlesnake or how to pronounce Missouri appropriately, <laughs> let us know. There was a London rattlesnake, too. It was mm. just a little bit different. But obviously we're not in London for the story. Yeah. So. Or it probably has gin in it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gimlet. <laughs> Fucking disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for the book today, we are doing Gone Girl. By Jillian Flynn. Is it Jillian or is it Gillian? I thought it was Jillian. I don't remember. The only reason I say Jillian, I know it's with a G, but I worked with a girl. Her name was Jillian and she went by Jill, but her name was spelled with a G. I know that that's a thing. 
but for some reason I feel like hers is different, but I could be wrong. I feel like Gillian is weird. I know. <laughs> what? Maybe it's a family name. I feel I feel like I'm wrong. Okay, it is it is Jillian. I don't know it's why Jillian. I thought okay. that. Maybe there's someone else that is that way, but I mean maybe. I mean Gil. I mean, it would make sense. Here's the thing about her. She only has three books. <laughs> What's her other one? This one, Sharp Objects and what else? And uh, Dark Places. I haven't read that one. But I did read Sharp Objects and we love that book. Another fun thing. They've all been adapted in some way to a different form of media. So Damn. Girls a movie. Dark Places is a movie. I don't think it got quite a wide release. It's got Charlize Theron in it though. And it's fine I, I that one is for sure one that i liked the book better sure um but i feel like the other two the media is comparable to the book hmm. okay cool. yeah we chose gone girl gone girl it, it got a lot of hype a couple years ago um and i think it's kind of made its way back around on tiktok but yeah. i do like the name i wrote down i do like the name jillian but with the J, not a G. And like call her Jill for short. But Jillian Larry just doesn't sound good. So no offense if your name is Jillian Larry by chance, but all the Jillian Larrys in the world. You're like, all of the- you. <laughs> Fuck you. My name's great. <laughs> My name is Jillian Larry with a G. Can you imagine if we got like a strongly worded email? I wouldn't be surprised because that if if we did, I, like I said earlier, I would play the lottery because what are the chances? That would be pretty fantastic. I need to play, yeah, I need to play the Mega Millions or something if that's the truth. <laughs> For real. All right, so let's get into it. This book starts out with Nick's point of view first, I think. I think. Um, so it's Nick Dunn. And he's married to Amy. Amy. Mm-hmm. Amazing Amy. <laughs> um, they live in New York. Um, and they, they had are, to move back then, yeah, or they had, had to, move. to move to Missouri to take care of Nick's parents. Mm-hmm. So his dad has early onset Alzheimer's, and his mom has cancer, and she only has a little time left. So um, his twin sister, Margo, who he just called Go, um, moved back first to help take care of the parents. And then uh, I think when his mom got the diagnosis or whatever is when she kind of called and she was like, hey, I can't do this on my own. So he packed up Amy and they moved back to Missouri and she was not very happy about it. Yeah, because she's from Brooklyn. Is that what I put down? Maybe. I think I... I don't remember. I put down, I think she's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, from Brooklyn, New York. And she's like a very wealthy family. She's only child. Um, Her parents are both psychologists. Child psychologists, specifically. And they wrote this book series based on her, kind of, called Amazing Amy. That was like the book everyone had in the 80s and 90s for their kids. Um, That is... Sort of loosely based on her. Uh, she always felt like she had to compete with Amazing Amy. Yeah, which I, I did write down. I was like, because both of her parents are child psychologists, but completely oblivious to the fact that they 
set the bar basically by or comparing her to you know this fictional character or maybe they didn't directly do it but I feel like you would would have to have enough I I mean even myself you know I'm not a psychologist or a counselor but in any way shape or form but I feel like I would have the forethought to you know maybe give it a different name or something like that to where my kid wouldn't feel like they had to compete or live live up to the expectations of this fictional character yeah because obviously the fictional character is perfect does everything right and they use it as like a way to uh, I don't know, show kids like the right way to handle situations or whatever. What I thought was really funny is that they do like a quiz for each little situation that Amy gets into. Like, so you can see, I guess, what your kid is going to choose or whatever. And then she writes and quizzes then for she magazines. Quizzes for magazines. <laughs> and she also has a degree in psychology. Did you ever do, did you ever do like the quizzes on like 17 magazine and stuff like that? Where yeah, it's like. I was in a heavy BuzzFeed quiz uh, <laughs> stage for quite a few years, yeah. honestly. <laughs> like you know what what is your style or what kind of boyfriend should you date Mm -hmm. or something like that and I was like man 17 magazine was my jam yeah and the fact that her and Nick were both like magazine journalist or something or she writes quizzes and he's a journalist for magazine um it's kind of comical too since magazines are basically obsolete now (laughs) I know and that was a huge part of it too so the book takes place in 2012 for the most part And then when it starts out, Nick is waking up. It's their fifth year anniversary. And he's just like full of resentment, basically. (laughs) She's downstairs cooking crepes. And he's like, you can just tell that there's a lot of tension and shit in the marriage. Um, And so he, um, back in New York, they both had lost their jobs. They got laid off from their jobs at separate times. He did first, I believe. And then she did second. Um, And she had this big trust fund with like, which, okay, so the story takes place present day and flashbacks through a diary, so. Yeah, so we have a dualistic point of view from Nick, present day to Amy's previous diary settings. Right. Settings. <laughs> Entries. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, she has a trust fund or whatever, and so they can kind of rely on that. They get the call, they end up moving back to Missouri, and, you know, like I said, um, tension in the marriage, all that stuff. So he and his twin sister bought a bar. Mm -hmm. They borrowed money from Amy to buy a bar called The Bar, which... How freaking (laughs) creative. It's like, I like it, but also... How original. Isn't, in The Simpsons, isn't The Bar called The Bar? I might be lying, actually. Hold on, let me Google it. I don't ever really watch this one. I don't anymore, but I did, like, growing up. I did used to think that it would be really funny if I was musically inclined to start a band called That One Band. And then all of our albums. Actually, it's called. That One Album, That Other Album. Oh, that's that's cute. That Third One. If anybody uses that, you better be sure and give her royalties. The one with the one song on it. Actually, it's called Moe's. You know what I'm thinking of in The Simpsons? I'm thinking of there's literally a bar going from like Conway to Greenbrier called Bar. That's what I'm thinking of. Just kidding. But yeah, the the band name is very creative with the albums. Thanks. Don't steal it. Yeah, don't steal it because we're going to use it for our band. Give me money if you do. Me and her are going to start a band. (laughs) It will be a podcast about bands. (laughs) 
because I have no musical inclination. Uh, I do not either. <laughs> I was about to say, what what can you play? Um, I can probably I can probably play the triangle. I mean, I tried playing the guitar back in the day. Oh, I did do, but you know what? I did not. And also the drums. I just don't have the patience, um, really. Well, and everybody, I feel like in my family is fairly musically talented in some way, shape, or form. Like, my brother can play the saxophone, electric guitar. My mom can sing really well. Apparently, my nana used to be able to sing before the cigarettes and <laughs> took I'm over. Sorry, that's not really funny. <laughs> but it kind of is. And, I mean, even... Even my dad, despite uh, years of drug use, was still able to, like, play the electric guitar very well um, and the acoustic guitar. And then there's me. Some would say that makes people better. I mean, that's true. I mean, if you look at, if you look at other, like, well, really any kind of, like, 80s band, 70s and 80s band, they were playing really well on drugs, so... See our episode on Daisy Jones and the Six. (laughs) Check it out. So maybe, hold on. Hold on, hear me out. That's the key to playing good music. Or being musically talented, we need to do drugs. Yes, we better start. <laughs> All right. That'll be on our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the drugs we tried to make a band called that one band. <laughs> yes. No one takes this seriously. This is all we're joking. We're not this doing drugs. This is all a joke. We're not doing drugs. <laughs> Yet. Anywho. Anyway, okay. Back and forth, they bought a bar, Nick and Margot slash Go. I felt like they had a very codependent relationship, or am I wrong? I don't know. I felt like out of all the twin relationships we've either talked about or or I've experienced, this one's probably the healthiest one. Like, it seemed like they were looking out for each other, but I don't feel like they ever crossed like any weird lines. Okay. I might be thinking of another book then because I'm like, I feel like they were really reliant on each other in the fact that they, I don't know. It Maybe it was more healthy. Maybe I'm just reading into it too much. <laughs> maybe I just, you know, assume the worst with everything, yeah. but I literally put like, what did I say? Very codependent relationship giving me vc andrews flowers in the attic vibes see they even made a joke where they were like um because she makes a joke about uh the fifth anniversary present being wood Mm -hmm. and him not having got her anything yet and she's like just go home and fuck her and then slap her with your dick and be like there's some wood for you bitch and (laughs) he was like margo (laughs) and she's like sorry sorry i'm not supposed to make jokes like that and he was like, for the record, no, there's never been any incestuous thing. But because they had that, like, joking relationship. I mean, I don't. People that's... used to say it in, like, high school or whatever or make jokes about it because they were actually really close and it was a boy and girl twin thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't have a twin. Like, I don't have a sibling that even that close in age to me to really. But my brother, who's six years younger than me, that's not a, that's not a joke I would make with him. Yeah. But again, you know, maybe it's different whenever you're the same age. But of course, I view him as younger and, um, you know, more of a baby than me. So I don't know. But I put very, very VC Andrews. <laughs> See, I didn't get those vibes. I feel like she called him on his shit a lot. Plot twist. That's the book we're doing next is Flowers in the Attic. Oh, Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I feel like. As in every podcast episode we've done, Nick 
uh, was struggling because, of course, that's always the way it goes um, in these types of situations where it's always an author, but actually he's a journalist, so something similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, he was laid off from his magazine job because who reads magazines anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so struggling financially uses some of Amy's money to uh, buy the bar with Margot. Yeah, it's always a husband that's like, down on himself because of miserable sort of failing in their job yeah usually having to do with writing and then they're all very much woe is me and not paying attention to what the wife is going on now that being said two sides to every story amy got some issues (laughs) she's a little yeah yeah but you're we're getting some compulsive liar vibes from both of them yes and Uh, so it's like who's telling the truth yeah so on their fifth anniversary he goes to the bar um he gets a call at the bar from the local town drunk that's like hey your door's wide open Mm -hmm. um and the cat's sitting outside and the cat's not supposed to be outside right (laughs) the cat's just like fuck this shit i'm out motherfuckers (laughs) so nick goes home sees the cat sitting on the front porch and um goes inside and sees this scene of like overturned furniture like it looks like there's a struggle and amy's nowhere to be found yeah hence the name gone girl yeah because she yeah because she gone girl I'm sorry about myself. No, I love it. I love it. Okay, so, um, yeah, so she goes missing. He calls the cops, and it's, like, two younger cops coming in, and they're kind of like, what's going on, whatever, and he's like, my wife's missing, and they go in, and they see the scene, and they're like, okay, we have to take this seriously, so they call some detectives, and then, like, everything gets underway. So it's... When we are reading, it's either from Nick's, like, first-person point of view Mm -hmm. or her diary entries, which also first-person or whatever. And so there's a lot of, like, internal thought stuff going on. And so a lot of his is, like, he had a verbally abusive dad Mm -hmm. that also had, like, kind of an innate hatred of women. (laughs) And so he kind of struggles with having those thoughts crop up. Um, and he also doesn't emote because his dad was very much like, men keep it in, you don't cry, you don't like show your emotions or whatever. So, which now we know is not true, right? And, um, also, <laughs> there's been said several times that he had like a very punchable face because he just looks like a douchebag frat boy kind of thing, yeah. So, to like disarm people or let people know that he's a good guy or whatever, he smiles all the time and it's not always inappropriate. <laughs> situations which ends up coming up later so i love that this is set up as like a very classic true crime story where you have the wife that goes missing beautiful blonde wife of course attractive husband that does not grieve in the way that you would typically expect which we now we know is not always the case either it's it's not you know how you grieve is not always indicative of your guilt right and so, you know, as things progress, you see it kind of play out that way. Yeah. Every, like textbook, true crime story. The husband's going to do it. All the suspicion is on him. Of course. And duh. it's not helped that he smiles at uh, press conferences. Yeah, or at the <laughs> vigil. Yeah. Yeah. 
take selfies with uh, the reporter, or the journalist, or whoever uh, that um, that one housewife or whatever that's like trying to flirt with him and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then turns on him when he's an asshole to her. Mm-hmm. It's like get away, and she goes on um, basically Nancy Grace. <laughs> And is like, oh, he was flirty with me. He was like nice and calm mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But um, yeah. So also one of the things is that every year Amy does this um, like treasure hunt for their anniversary. For their anniversary, which is something her dad did for their mom. I just I feel like that's a lot of work for an anniversary gift to like put it together is. a treasure hunt. It is. I I mean. I don't know what this says about me, but that's more work than I'm willing to put in. It's just, you know. Can't you just go have some margaritas and some car sex and call it a day? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I really need for my anniversary. Yeah. I I just, mm, I've only had one relationship (laughs) where I got to celebrate multiple anniversaries. And I feel like the first one, we went all out. We went to Arthur's. You know, we had the whole thing. Fancy. Fancy dinner, dressed up nice. And then after that, we just progressively did less and less. I mean, honestly, (laughs) men, if you're listening, women don't want flowers. And then women, if you're listening, men don't want treasure hunts. Everybody just wants the same thing. Margaritas, car sex, the end. Honestly, I feel like it's more special to do just like little cute things for your partner all the time and not just because of a special date of the right. year like valentine's day or anniversary right. or something yeah especially if you basically ignore each other the entire time and then it's like oh special occasion just <laughs> something great. here you go <laughs> surprise <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> so all these uh little like clues and stuff so she has the clues for the treasure hunt and then she also has these like little notes yeah and as nick is like reading these notes he's obviously getting interrogated by the police and then so it's more like a scavenger hunt yeah okay and um he's like getting all the feels back for amy from all these sweet little notes and then every year before this he's been really terrible at actually figuring out the clues but he somehow miraculous which i think the clues are easier yes and they're because she wants him to figure it out so the clues are a lot easier this time around yeah um so, yeah. Which they're, they're like little love notes, and that's where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm like, you know, feeling having feelings for her again. And then also, too, like based on his internal monologue from like his point of view, you're getting like the impression that Amy was very cold, very mean, yeah. not a very attentive wife. But then from her like diary perspective, she's, you know, wife of the year, doting yeah. at his beck and call. Like, I love him so much. I know. Even the first one, it's like when they meet and she's like, I met a boy. Yeah. And so, I mean, all around, it's all bullshit. Like, yeah, it's very much curated. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, There's a, it's a kind of a long book and there's a lot of stuff in it. But basically, the investigation's going on. Nick is telling us as a reader, like, he's, I think even within the first conversation he has with the police, he's like, I've already lied to them five times. Like, he's just lying because he's trying to make sure he's doing 
what needs to be done to seem like the good guy yeah to prove his innocence but that always makes you look like worse worse. oh the lies are always gonna come out people are always gonna find out shit about you you might as well just be up front get it out of the way so that way your name could be cleared don't try to hide shit right and but like one if of you the killed your wife he does is he waits until like midnight so basically an entire day later um after she goes missing to call her parents which is insane because right. i told you earlier about how my sister-in-law called me you know because dan hadn't showed up yeah. to deer camp yet and you know he should have been here by now and i'm like okay he texted me an hour ago saying he was about to lose signal where could he be do i need to go ahead and get on the road who do i need to call (laughs) like i get not wanting to worry people but you could just say hey i don't know where she is i'm trying not to be worried but we have things in motion yeah he did do the right thing by calling the cops immediately yeah um but it does look a little sus when it looks a little sus yeah whenever you're waiting 12 hours later and yeah. even her mom's like we went and played tennis today and our daughter was missing yeah. like because you know yeah anyways but um treasure hunt clue number one was found in the house mm-hmm but I think it was found by the police. Yeah. But it ends up, I don't remember what it said, but it ends up leading him to his office because he does have like a side gig uh, working as a professor at a local college. Yes. So it leads him to his office there at the college yes. He in where he finds his second clue. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the significance of his office yet. No, um, but they do find a pair of panties there. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> find a pair of panties there and then he finds the next clue. Mm-hmm. Um, which shit? Where did that one? Go? It led him to Hannibal, Hannibal, which is his hometown. Right, right, right. Okay. And I don't remember. So what it was like the Tom Sawyer thing or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, the Mark Twain part. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so he finds it there. Um, and then that one leads him to clue number three, which is at his dad's house in Carthage, Missouri. Right. Um, and so when he gets there, uh, the alarm goes off and the alarm code has been changed. He's like fighting with the people in the alarm because they asked for his wife's like first pet's name or something like that. And he's like, I don't fucking know. And he's like <laughs> freaking out. And then he hangs up. It's still going off. Uh, and then he remembers as soon as he hangs up. So he calls back, says it gets the alarm turned off and then gets the person to not get the cops uh, to come. Mm-hmm. And so the fourth clue that leads to Margo's like yeah. woodshed, right? Yeah. It leads to Margo's woodshed where, you know, he discovers all kinds of like electronics and sporting yeah. equipment. And lo and behold, in the beginning, we find out that his credit card had been used with yeah. a bunch of money, like like a bunch like of money put on there. $200,000 of credit card debt or some crazy number yeah. like that. Yeah, from, from like an electronics and like sporting yeah. stuff. And it's, lo and behold, it's all in Margot's shed. Like, yeah. why is it in your sister's shed? Right. And it also, because at this point, he knew, like the cops had asked him about um, the credit cards or whatever, because mm-hmm. they found that. There was also a thing where they kept asking what size um, clothing that Amy wore. And he was like, she's a size two. She's always a size two, mm-hmm. uh, which we find out later that the underwear were a different size. Yeah. Um, and there was also these wooden dolls in there, which was his present from her. That were these Punch and Judy dolls, which I had heard of before. I've never heard of those in my life. Uh, it was really like 
shitty. I think it might have been a cartoon or show or something like that. I think it was like a puppet show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the punch, the dad was, or the husband was abusive and mm-hmm. beat the shit out of her all the time. And this was a cartoon? And I think it was just like a puppet show or something okay. like that. But he, and it came with a baby too. He killed the baby and then killed her. Jesus. When she found out about it. Yeah, like it's really fucked up. And they talk about it in the book too. Um, and that's her present to him. For wood. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of damning evidence against him at this point so between <laughs> the credit card charges, the marital issues that they're kind of like all of the media and the police are starting to find out about. Um, there was also some samples of what they found, like of blood on the kitchen floor mm-hmm. but that we forgot to mention in the scuffle of the house. Yeah. The they- disarray. And they think that it's staged, and then they do the luminol and find that there's a shit ton of blood, too. Yeah. And the ottoman was, like, a big thing. Yeah. And then there's the smile, like, obviously the smiling. But then there's a picture that comes up with, like, the... the, um, I think her name's Shauna or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the reporter or something like that, whoever it was, a picture with him. And so Mm -hmm. that ends up on the media, and it's like, oh, why is he, like, smiling in this picture with, you know, her? very much like a like trophy wife kind of woman mm-hmm. that's like trying to go after her next thing and you know yeah yeah doesn't look good it's all. not looking good and then at one of the vigils the best friend mm-hmm. of amy um her which is one of like her their neighbors noel yeah. um accuses nick of murdering amy because she was pregnant dun yeah. dun, dun. Dun, dun dun olivia dun. vinson and elliot stabler where are you at because this is an <laughs> svu episode so not only dun, dun. do we have all that, Nick also has a mistress. Bum, bum, bum. A 23-year-old student. Named Andy. Named Andy. And it was one of his students. One of his students. And hence the locations of the treasure hunt because they were all places that him and Andy had had sex. Yes. And so... We find out that Amy knew about it the entire time because... This is in part two of the book. Yes. So she... um, She's been planning this. (laughs) Yeah. Plot twist. Uh, She is not dead. This is like... This is the kind of vindictive shit that honestly I would do. This is is the switch. I would wait it out just like her and start planning my demise. Because the whole first part is very much like classic true true crime story wife goes missing husband looks suspicious he has an affair like all all the boxes tick yeah and then you see all these diary entries where you're like okay well they obviously started out as a really good relationship like what happened you know maybe classic marriage stuff where they weren't meant to be together they start arguing that whole kind of thing they drift apart blah 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 Mm -hmm. so in the first part you're more likely on amy's side you know you're feeling for the girl yeah Second part, you're like, oh, this bitch crazy. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, yeah, so she was, like, at home, I think, and then was like, hey, I'm going to go to the bar and, like, surprise him. And, you know, maybe we'll have a good night, bring back some of the magic, whatever, whatever. And when she goes to the bar, she sees him leaving with Andy. And so she follows him. He goes up to her apartment for, like, an hour where they obviously have sex. She gets too cold and goes home. And then she continues, like, following them. So she knows, because this affair went on for over a year. Mm-hmm. And she knows the whole time. And she's been plotting this whole time. Plotting and 
planning scheming. and scheming. scheming. Mm-hmm. And so she's a very, his little sneaky link. <laughs> yeah, she is a very calculated person. She keeps all these calendars. Mm-hmm. She's very schedule. organized. Very you know, she very smart. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's everything smart. I wish I could be. Mm-hmm. She is a very smart sociopath. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, most sociopaths are very smart. That is true. That is true. Uh, Good thing I'm dumb. <laughs> Dan was looking at something yesterday and it said something about um, a red flag being like somebody who can relax watching a true true crime show or something like that yeah. because something about sociopaths or, you know, yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was. And he's like, is this you? And I'm like, no, I'm too dumb to be a sociopath. I feel like people send me shit like that all the time too. Even Katie, who is also one of the people that um, listens to true crime and stuff all the time, was like, you see this shit? Because it was like an article Saying like something was very wrong. Basically, yeah, basically. <laughs> true crime, and it's like, fuck you, we're fine. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'm not crazy. You are. <laughs> I'll kill you. Right. Uh, okay, so let's see all the things that she planned. Out. <laughs> I'm like, where where do we begin? Fabricated the diary. Yes. Being number one, so all of those diary diary entries about how she loves Nick. Seven years what that's how much was in there i thought that seven years so what part of it was diary entry so which part of it was fabricated all of it was she hasn't been planning it for seven years no i'm saying she wrote seven years worth oh yeah yeah writing it for seven okay wrote seven years worth. oh okay go all the way back from the beginning i gotcha but she had just written them within the last year you're right you're right like i said it's been a while since i read this probably a couple years um so yeah fabricates that Cuts herself in the kitchen. Yeah. To and then cleans it up to obviously, um, you know, frame him or make him look more guilty. And so obviously she, you know, uh, destroys the house and makes it look like a, a kidnapping went happened. But she knew that it was going to look staged and that they were going to find the blood. Mm-hmm. Before that, she also went to the seedy part of town. Like um, just people that have been down on their luck and a lot of drug users and stuff had mm-hmm. kind of taken over the mall. And we're using that as a place to stay and all that good stuff. And she had gone there to buy a gun to, buy a gun mm-hmm. to plant the seed that she was scared of her husband. Which yeah. Also led into the diary entries because those get more and more like dark, dark. I'm and scared of him. The last one even says like something about mentioning being scared of Nick killing yeah. her. Yeah. Again, fabricated. Um, and so she buys the gun, and she also is like, well, I thought about shooting myself, like, in the leg or something, but then I decided I didn't have the guts to do that. So I just cut my upper arm because I didn't want to get it wrong with the wrist and end up passing out because then everything would be ruined. And I'm like, girl! Uh-huh. Oh, my God! I mean... Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have just, I mean, I feel like if anything, maybe I'd get like a syringe and draw some blood and then, you know, just pour it out on the floor. I don't think I'd go as far as to like cutting myself. I know. Or shooting myself in the leg. No. Because then you go to the hospital and they automatically have to call the police. Exactly. You know, one time my dad accidentally shot himself in the hand whenever he was on drugs. And he refused to go to the hospital because he knew that they would have to call the police because they're legally (laughs) obligated. But this was when, it, you know, back in this back in the day, and so my mom, being a nurse, you know, patched up his hand. Listen, it comes in handy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. What else did she do? Oh, she faked the pregnancy. Oh yeah, faked the pregnancy. Her 
Noelle, how did she get Noelle's urine? Okay, so she, um, when she started putting this plan in motion, she started befriending Noelle, which mm-hmm. is painted as like very classic, like trusting small town. But she has triplets and then she gets pregnant with another one. So she's like in need of a friend. Yeah. You know, and Amy's very charming. But it also says, I think Nick says that Amy doesn't have any friends in that town. No, she really doesn't because she kept it a secret. Yeah. Um, her quote-unquote friendship with Noelle. She really just used her. But anyway, yeah. the way she gets her urine is she learns how to turn the water off in the toilet and, like, drain it. Oh. And she invites Noelle over while Nick's at the bar or with Andy or something. And so um, she's drinking, like, pink lemonade enough to make her pee a lot. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, Noelle's embarrassed because she realized she just went and peed in the toilet. That doesn't work. And she's like, oh, it's no big deal. No big deal. After she leaves, she collects the pee. Oh, Jesus. Puts it in a jar in her purse. Mm -hmm. Goes to the doctor. Yeah, and then uses uses that. And so that way it's on her medical history that she is pregnant. She also, at one point, drinks antifreeze. Yeah. Vomits, cleans up the vomit, and freezes it. Yeah. So that way, if she needs to frame him for poisoning her, she can. And I'm like, wait, what? And then she <laughs> you froze your own vomit. Yeah. And then she describes it in one of the diary entries, like all of her symptoms or whatever when she was sick. And so that's one of the things the cop was like, um, she even has it documented like antifreeze poisoning. So yeah. Like you probably attempted this before, right, bro? Yeah. It's crazy. But has she done? <laughs> well, and like, how did he not see that in the freezer? Like it, like what? I think it was far enough back in there. I mean, yeah, I guess now that I think about it, I could put some, yeah, I could put a lot of shit in the freezer. I could put a body in there and Dan wouldn't know. I forget half the shit that's in my freezer. If I put it it far enough underneath the pizza rolls, he will never notice. Last time I went to Kroger, I was like, oh, I need to buy these different types of cheeses because I'm running low. And I come home, put some in the freezer. I got a bag of each in the freezer. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah. Um... And what else does she do? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was basically the gist of it. But yeah, she's been planning this and she's been hiding out in the Ozarks watching his demise on TV. Right. And then so she also had been like squirreling away money. So she'd been taking cash advances out on the uh credit cards <laughs> that she put in his name and bought all that shit and ran up. Oh all yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then um just like withdrawing smaller amounts of money that wouldn't go without noticing Mm -hmm. and so she has to do this because six hundred and fifty thousand dollars of her trust she gave to her parents because they were in like really bad financial way mostly because they made a shit ton of money in the 80s and 90s and they blew it slowing down and they didn't adjust their like yeah lifestyle or whatever so they were in over their heads quite a bit um, so she gives them that trust fund money, and then basically the last of it went to the bar. So when she mm-hmm. decides to do all this, she basically has $10,000 to her name. She's hiding out. She cuts her hair, dyes it brown, wears some glasses. Yeah. She's in the middle of nowhere to hide out. Yeah, hiding out in the Ozarks, um, represent. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so she ends up meeting, you know, some other campers at the site. Yeah. Um, a couple of which end up stealing all of her leftover monies. Mm-hmm. And so now she's poor and, you know, uh, what, what's it called? Up a creek without a paddle? Yeah. Yeah. Up shit's creek, but yeah. without a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> also, fun little fact. The uh, cash car she bought, she bought from Craigslist. 
from some people in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Oh, well, there we go. Represent. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I'd forgotten about that little bit. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Um, and so, as all of this is going on, um, during the investigation, it gets brought up a couple of different people from Amy's past that had issues with her. That so, could have potentially been suspects as well. Yeah. So, one of them is this girl named Hillary or something like Hillary that. Hillary Handy. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be obsessed with her. A mega fan of the books. Uh, yeah. Mega fan of the books. Like, even came up to her mom, like, looking just like Amy. That mm-hmm. was like, oh, I'm going to be the new Amy. I'm going to kill this one and replace her or whatever. Reminds me of, which, R.I.P., uh, Selena's stalker. Yeah. Um, the one that ended up killing her, yeah. And then that's what make me think um, of. And then there's Desi Collins, 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 yeah, Collins, which is her prep school boyfriend, yeah. Um, who took it badly when they broke up, sure, and tried to kill himself with some pills, laying naked on her bed uh, when she came home. Well. Um, and then there's also a guy. I want to say his name's Tom or something. Tommy, like that. Yeah. Tommy O'Hara, yeah. Um, that raped her allegedly. Allegedly, and so you have all these people, and Nick is like, he goes and talks to um Desi, who's this weird mama's boy, <laughs> <laughs> um, and because he just wanted to see for himself, I guess, even though the cops had already talked to him. I feel he, like psychos attract psychos, hence why her two ex boyfriends were psychos, yeah. So she and Nick probably is too. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that one. (laughs) So he calls the Hilly Hillary 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 girl, and at first she doesn't want to talk to him. And then um, after he realizes that Amy's trying to frame him, he calls back, and she tells the truth of what happened. And basically, they were best friends. And then she did all these tiny little indiscretions that Amy viewed as being unacceptable so she had like tricked her into playing pranks like dyeing her hair the same as her and then playing the prank on her mom where she pretended to be a super fan and because they were 15 at the time she was okay with doing stupid shit like sure that. um and so you see how she manipulated her and made it like ended up getting her expelled because she pushed herself down the stairs and blamed it on hillary yeah yeah i forgot about that jesus christ and then when it comes to Desi, he did take it badly, but he never tried to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And then with Tom, he didn't try to rape her. He was talking to another girl because she changed. She was very like cool girl or whatever. And then a couple months in, she was different, had a different personality. Mm-hmm. He was seeing another girl. She found out about it. She came over was acting the way she was when they first got together. They had sex. And then two hours later, the cops show up at his house saying that she raped her. Wait, wait, wait. So now Nick has all this anecdotal evidence towards her having this kind of behavior on a smaller, but still very disturbing scale. Sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and his lawyer is like trying to, you know, piece it all together. And then, so after she gets robbed she calls desi yeah help me help me i'm poor yeah (laughs) very much that (laughs) and so he comes to her rescue but he basically like squirrels her away in his lake house and he's like 
you're my pet now. Like, I keep you safe. You cannot leave. You will not have a car. Very a court of thorn and roses. If you know, you know. Oh gosh, for real. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Or what? You know. Which one was it? Uh, second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Court of mist and fury. That's that one. Yes. I know what you mean, girl. If you know, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. So she does that, and then she escapes and shows up at escapes in air quotes yeah shows back up to nick battered and abused and poor and poor pitiful me she's been tied up she's got blood all over what happened he uh, he you know abducted me and yeah. raped me and so i had to kill him mm-hmm. to get away whenever the opportunity presented itself mm-hmm. so she gets inter- interrogated by the cops at this point, the cops believe Nick and her trying to frame him. So they're like trying to work together and investigate all this. Meanwhile, he um, gets her to confess like when they're in the shower together, mm-hmm. uh, like what actually happened with Desi. And she would tie herself up or like tie rope around her wrists and ankles mm-hmm. enough to make bruises Jesus. every night when he left. And she would also... Use a wine bottle on herself to make it seem like she'd been raped repeatedly. The fuck. And then one night she finally lets him have sex with her. And that's when she slits his throat. She Yeah, she gives him pills. She drugs him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sleeping pills. And yeah. then slits his throat and then dips out. Yeah. And comes home with a sob story. Peace. And so, yeah, Nick is trying to work with the cops to prove all of this get her arrested for faking everything. And then she drops the bombshell that she actually is pregnant. Dun dun. Because she saved his semen. From from when they had from when they tried. Yeah. From when they, they were trying in the past. But wasn't she on birth control that whole time? Uh-huh. Yeah. So she they at one point they were trying to have a kid and couldn't get pregnant. So they had like frozen his semen mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that yep. for to do IVF in the future or something. And so in the whole entire time, she admits, you know, in her diary that she was on birth control. Yeah. And then also they, like, he had mentioned getting a letter from the place uh, where they had frozen his semen. And they were like, hey, we're going to throw this out soon. And he left it on the table like, hey, Mm -hmm. I want a kid. Like, we got to do this now or never. Right. he saw that she threw it away. So he thought that she dismissed it. They never talked about it again. Really, she went and got, got some. Yeah, <laughs> like she yeah. went and saved it so she could use it when it was to artificially inseminate herself. Yeah, and so after she proves that she's pregnant, he calls off the investigation because obviously he's like, "Wait, no, my kid, my baby. Yeah. Are we really sure that it's Nick's?" I don't know. When obviously it never really says anything. Where's Maury Povich whenever you need him? Right. And Detective Boney, that's kind of been on his side the whole time. Is like, good luck with her, bro. Yeah, y'all can go have have fun with that. (laughs) So now it's literally they're both in like a stalemate because they um, both have, I guess, evidence on each other. I guess so. And it just ends pretty much there. And that's it. Yeah, that's basically it. It just ends with uh, her saying that she wanted to have the last word, but pretty much she trapped him. Yep. They're trying to be better people, but it's not even that. It's just they're trying to be the versions of themselves that fell in love with each other, even though they're both lying about who they were. Yeah. 
I guess they deserve each other. They do for sure. <laughs> crazy, crazy attracts crazy. Um, they do for sure. So it's like the first part, like I said, very much true crime, like classic, you know where the story's going. And the second part, you're like, oh. Oh. Oh, she cray. And then third part, you're like, oh, they're both crazy. They're both crazy, yeah. And they do deserve each other. Yeah, a, l- a little bit of verity is what it reminds me of. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when did this book come out? Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, because, like I said, it's set in 2012. The movie came out in 2014. Mm. Let's see, let me see. Maybe it was. It says copyright twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Damn, it's eleven years old. Yeah. Oh no. But if you, on another note, if you didn't know, this book was obviously heavily inspired by the Scott and Lacey Peterson case, which happened in like two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Um. Where. On Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, Lacey Peterson went missing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so missing wife. There we go. She was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, the of course, the media swarmed all over this because it was two, you know, a couple, um, both of them were pretty, you know, well-to-do in California, yeah. very attractive, um, and in true killer husband fashion, he had a mistress. Yep. So, of course, yeah. So, of course, all of the police and media kind of starts honing in on Scott. And so, a lot of parallels. But, of course, as as unfortunately it turned out, Lacey was not alive during that whole entire time. And her body was found like 90 miles away. And their baby boy. And their baby boy, Connor. Um, So, very, very sad. But you can see how this story was heavily influenced by that case. Yeah. This would be that case if Lacey Peterson was a sociopath. Yeah. Which, obviously, she was not. Obviously, she was not. Very sweet. Yeah. And it was very, very similar with all the, like, vigils Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of the people speaking kind words and how she was so fun and so Mm -hmm. kind. And And on the surface, that case is a very classic, like, husband did it kind of thing. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. And that's – he really set the bar for – Oh, for piece of shit husbands <laughs> getting, um, you know, getting investigated and automatically being the, you know, first primary suspect. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, what do you rate the book? 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. I just kind of thought it was a little predictable. So not necessarily that, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just kind of thought that I was like, yeah, she's alive. I, I just assumed she was alive and she was around her. Because with all of the, like, framing and stuff like that yeah. and all of the little clues, and I'm like, she's got to be alive. Yeah. Like, she's got to yeah. be planning this. Either that or he's getting punked by Ashton Kutcher, <laughs> you know? So um, I just didn't – and it was one of those things, of course, we say this every single time with most of the books that we've done that are, you know, really, really hyped on uh, social media. And so it was one of those things where it was really hyped. I expected a lot more from it, but it was especially the end where it just kind of ended the way it did, where it was kind of flat. Um, so I gave it like a six out of 10, but you know, it was an easy read overall. It was fine. Um, it was a little weird that 
the whole vomit thing. I'm st- still not over it. <laughs> Freezing your own vomit. But, um, and there was a lot of like internal monologue on Nick's part that I didn't really care for. I don't know why. But I read this several years ago for the first time, like closer to the actual publication. Mm-hmm. And I think I read it so highly because it was kind of before I feel like thrillers really have, like, I feel like thrillers are really having their moment now because true crime has been having its moment yeah, for a while. Sure. And so there's a lot more of them and it takes something like extra, extra special to stand out. Yeah. And I feel like at the time this came this out, this did it stand definitely out. Definitely stood out. Yeah. Stood out for um, what it was. And then, like I said, the movie, <clears throat> which I haven't watched in a couple of years, but the movie, it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched that first and then I, I read to- the book not too long after that. Yeah. I need to watch um, the movie. Which that came out in 2014. So that was still nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> which means we are old yeah <laughs> but well even like even even more recently within the last like year there was a girl I was at the nail salon and this girl was talking to her friend and they were talking about books and the one of the girls mentioned Gone Girl and how it's like the best book she ever read and yeah. in my head I'm like really that's the best book you've ever read yeah have you not read like any anything by Stephen King or yeah. you know have you not read anything but whatever it's fine I, out of Jillian Flynn's three books which <laughs> side note I follow her on like socials and stuff <laughs> and like in her bio she's like yes I'm writing another book really <laughs> because it's been so long um but yeah, so I, I really enjoy all three of her books. Mm-hmm. Um, this one Sharp isn't. Objects, definitely my fave. Which I guess I haven't read the other one, so I can't so say. Um, but <laughs> if you liked this book, definitely read Sharp Objects yes. because I thought maybe it's just more so I like a more, I like a bigger twist. Yeah. And so, whereas obviously, of course, there was a twist in this one, the first half of the book was very fitting yeah. true crime you know husband did it to yeah. the t and so that's where i don't know i just like something a little bit more like a more that of, takes up a good chunk of the book too it's probably the almost exactly well and i think that's where i think i even said something about how like the last bit of the book was a lot like the second half of the book moved a lot faster than mm-hmm. the first and, that, and that's where, like, the first half I was kind of like, eh, like, I'm really not, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's easy enough to keep going. But it was also, like, the second half just went much quicker and was much better to me, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah. You'll have to watch the movie and let me know what you think. And you'll have to read Sharp Objects because we're going to do that book in the future. 1,000%. But and show, also but watch show. the show because it's so good. It's on HBO, one of the best shows. I also haven't watched that. <laughs> <laughs> did you pick did you picture anybody for Nick and Amy? Well yeah, because of the movie. <laughs> so wait, did you picture the characters in the movie? Because it's like Ben Affleck and yeah, the girl. And then Pike. Okay. Yeah. So again, I watched the movie first before I read the book. So it was they're in my head as the characters. Well. Um, it is a pretty true adaptation. Obviously a couple things are changed because sure. but um it's a very good movie. I <laughs> I know it's not anything like what the characters are described as in the book, but and maybe it's just because his name is Nick, but I'm thinking like Nick and Vanessa Lachey, <laughs> you know, hosting Love is Blonde, just because I feel like they're secretly psychos and they're secretly like having a shitty marriage and it's not near as fun as they make it out to be and 
Probably not, especially with this, like, unhinged she seemed to be in this last reunion. Oh, my God. Uh, like, I, th- I feel like we need a separate podcast just to talk about Love is Blind because I had, I was just so pissed watching it. And I was talking to, I was talking to one of my clients yeah. and we were talking about Love is Blind. And he was like, yeah, didn't that Paul guy, like, touch another girl's butt? And I was like, if you had actually seen, no, you didn't. would you would see that he did not purposely touch her butt. I've yeah. done, you know how many people's butts I've touched? I touch butts all the time. Unintentionally. It happens. Like, whenever you're trying to squeeze past people, which is what he was trying to people do. People always also touch my butt. It's large. <laughs> it's These in the way. Happen. Yeah. And so, if you are against Paul, then obviously you need some bifocals to rewatch the video yeah. and see that he was not even looking at the direction of the girl whenever no. he accidentally touched her butt. No. But, and then the fact that Vanessa Lachey was just, and then it was like she was out for all the guys. And normally I'm she very was. much pro, you know, pro woman, feminist for sure. But she was after Marshall. Yeah. She was after Paul. Yeah. And meanwhile, there was... Um, Taking it easy on Jackie, especially. Oh, that, I couldn't think of her name. Yeah, and that's the thing is, but then she's like, oh, yeah, Jackie's so excited for you. And that one guy who was a dick. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but he wasn't important anyway. Yeah. But and he was ugly compared yeah. to Marshall. Yeah, Marshall was adorable. Me and another another one of my clients, not the same client as before, <laughs> we're talking about Martin. So for a while, we were sending each other TikTok videos back and forth whenever, you know, uh, the show was, uh, had, the season had just came out. Yeah. And so all these TikTok videos about like Marshall and how, you know, they'd done him wrong. Yeah. And anyway, so we would send them back and forth. And I'm like, look, Marshall's a good looking dude. Mm-hmm. If I was single, I'd be in his DMs. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Yeah. Very cute. But anyway. Back to the story. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, yeah, like I said, I think for the time, especially, it was a lot more like. Yeah. And maybe if I had read it like back then, but I just read this like two years ago. Yeah. Um, And at that point, I had already read a bunch of other probably horror slash plot twist psychological thrillers before Mm -hmm. that, that I think I'd read The Silent Patient before this. And so, which really kind of set the bar for psychological thrillers for me. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, one of the TikToks I saw when I was on TikTok the other day was like, uh, unpopular opinions. The silent patient was just okay. I, I was see like, that I don't too. Anything you say. And I'm like, you're a fucking <laughs> you're lawyer. A lawyer. You are just one of those people who doesn't think it's cool to be mainstream and yeah. wants to be so eclectic. I used to be that way. Um, some would say it's because I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> No, I don't think, you know, mainstream stuff is cool. But a lot of times I, I don't. I don't breathe oxygen. <laughs> I breathe nitrogen. Oxygen is so last key. I only breathe 18% oxygen, not 21, <laughs> because that's for the lanes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm always willing to give a popular thing a shot, but a lot of times. I feel like back in the day, it used to always disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Twilight. But now, Bye. I feel like it, I get disappointed less. Like yeah. I'm more su- like pleasantly surprised sure. when I read things. Because um, very just because you said that, one. just because you said that, we're doing the Twilight series. Oh, we can, and Stephanie Meyer will be out for my blood because I will be doing nothing but shitting on it. Wow, I think that's the only like book series or book that um, with the movies I've really like loved the movies. 
I like sat there in the theater at 4 p.m. whenever the midnight showing of the very last part two of Breaking Dawn came out. Me and my friend did. Got there at like, no, it started at 4 p.m. because it was like one of those things where it would yeah. start the first movie and leading up until the midnight showing of the newest one. So we got there at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. for the first showing at 4 p.m. and sat and got our seats. So we got like posters or something because we were the first people there. We skipped school. I went and saw every single movie, mostly the premieres with Katie, except for part two, because she lived in Washington at the time. Um, What a bitch. She knew that I did not like them, but I love our friendship, so I went and watched them with her. And for the last one, in her honor, I went very drunk um, to the theater and yelled at the screen a lot. And cheered when Carlisle's head gets ripped off. By the whole entire theater (laughs) gasped. No, literally a bunch of people because we had, um, like, I was on the drill team at school, which is a dance team, in case you don't know what a drill team is. But so I was on the dance team, and literally so many people skipped practice that day because it was the the last period of every single class was our practice, and we had practice after that. And uh, anyway, so many people skipped that day for the 4 p.m. showing because we didn't get out of school till 3.45. My dance coach Uh and one of her kiss-ass lieutenants showed up into the theater and made a list of every single person's name. And we were all in there, like most of our team. And we had a big-ass team. And so I'll never forget my face or like my friend's face. She was like, Chelsea, Chelsea. Who was oh that? And I was like, oh, my God. And I just sat there and I smiled at her and waved. <laughs> I was so pissed. And then the fact that she had somebody with her, I'm like, you f- snob, brown noser. Like, could you not? And so we all – and so everybody that was at the – well, not everybody was there, but a lot of people were. And we all got kicked out of the Friday night um, routine or uh, halftime show at our football game. And so I just did not go to the game. I feel like that would have made the show suffer more. Than it honestly guys. did because they had to like reform formations yeah. because so many people got kicked out. I mean, there was probably like 15 or 20 of us. And <laughs> yeah. And so it was really just all on her and they really had to, they had to redo formations at the last minute yeah. because um, she had kicked all of us out. So I just didn't go to the game either. So, and a lot of other people skipped too. And so the stands were only like half full of our team. Good. Anyway, but this is, this is uh, this is drill team. This is drill team corner with Chelsea in all of my high school uh, hatred that I have for you know my coaches and high school peers. I don't know how I didn't get kicked out of that movie theater because I was not quiet. And when fucking Renesmee showed up, I was, I'm not a jump scare ass bitch. Okay, jump scares do not get me. But when that baby showed up, the CGI, like, oh my God. the CGI baby. Oh my yeah i recently did watch all the movies with um my friends bianca and Brittany because Brittany had never seen twilight we were all hanging out trying to figure out something to watch wow like, i've never seen twilight and i'm like god damn it i guess we have to watch these fucking movies I, it's a rite of passage at this point. i have like a watch party you know every single I mean? year and like by watch party i mean me myself yeah. me or me and louie <laughs> sit there and we watch all four of them so yeah five we, we watch them and it's there's something yeah um, but you have our drinks, you have our book review. What's our takeaway? I guess don't murder or fake murder your boss. Don't fake murder your wife. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and don't set your husband up for murder for your fake murder. Yeah, I mean, listen, cheating is not cool. You're okay? giving victims it's a bad name. really terrible. Um, 
But if you get cheated on, you don't need to fake your death. Right. Or do literally anything Amy does in this book. You just curb stomp both of them and be done with it. Or you could get divorced. I mean, I guess you could do that too. (laughs) After you curb stomp. Keep yourself out of jail. I would just go with divorce. Unless you want to be in jail. Hey, I mean, what what is it for Slave battery? Labor, a week? I don't know. The, uh, shitty meals day. <laughs> Whatever. Jim, you'll have time to get in shape. Hey, um, I mean. You can probably read. Th- there are worse things. <laughs> Maybe the internet. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what's his face? Um, John Wayne Gacy does his own, like, paintings and... I heard of another prisoner that runs his own vlog, so yeah. online vlog. So surely, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, there are worse things, I feel like. Listen, I'm really into true crime, but I ain't trying to have a fucking painting by John Wayne Gacy. You know how haunted that would be? <laughs> That's true. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm not saying you should give one. Definitely not. Well, anyway, whatever. All right, well. my paintings from serial killers. <laughs> Or do <laughs> whatever. Unless you want to be haunted. Yeah. Um. So yeah, follow us on Instagram at Books Banter Podcast. Send us an email if you have any suggestions. Books Banter Podcast at gmail.com. And like us and follow us on Facebook. Books, booze, and banter. All, all the things. Um. What book are we doing next? Are we doing too late? By Colleen Hoover, y'all. Too late to by one republic <laughs> uh it's too late to buy some fries y'all no uh, <laughs> yeah so the new release <laughs> we need do you need another drink uh, no it's probably while i'm doing this now <laughs> y'all could see this we need um yes so if you are into Colleen Hoover you know that she just released her book that she's actually been working on for like years and had for free online but she's kind of reworked it a little bit apparently um it started out as just like a fun project she says and now it's actually a published book um and so it's called too late and it I'm only like halfway through it but it's pretty good so far it's very dark and um has some very intense, mature subject matter. So definitely not for the, you know, children or teenagers, I would even say. Um, So reader discretion advised. I'm interested to reread it because I read. And see the differences. I was on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I saw her like advertising for it again this time, like I had seen people just being like, if you like Verity, then you like this. Or Mm -hmm. like, you know, like another thrilling thriller yeah something dark and twisted and i was like the one i read wasn't like i mean it was dark and different from what she normally writes but i'm curious to see how she's like changed the story if any or like updated it yeah it's definitely not her usual um meet cute yeah type of book um so it's pretty interesting so far but yeah that's what we're doing next so go ahead and start reading so you can be a part of it yeah And thanks for listening. Thank you. Catch you on the flip side. Toodles. Bye. Bye.